so I want us to get right into this because I've got a lot I want to say today, and we're going to be a little bit different at the end. So if you're a guest, just hang on and go for the ride with us. It's going to be pretty awesome today on I Love My Church. We've talked about who, we talked about what, when, and where are we as Transformation Church. Today I want to talk about the why. Let's get right into the scripture today that we've been using every Sunday. And God placed all things under his, referring to Jesus' feet, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Say church with me. All right? so, So God's in charge. He's placed Jesus as head over the church, which is what? His body. You and I, the believers, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And so God's the head. He's placed Jesus over the church. The church is made up of people like you and I, disciples, followers of Jesus. And then he says that we are to present that image of Christ in the fullness of who he is in every way to the world. In other words, the world, the unchurched, the unbeliever that hasn't met Christ yet should see every characteristic of Jesus the world should see in us, the body of Christ. And so we've been on this who, what, when, where, and today I want to talk to you about the why of Transformation Church. Why Transformation Church? We're, we're definitely, we're among uh, over 1,200 churches right here in our own city and then the kingdom around the world. And, and, but every church has its own DNA. And that doesn't make it any better than any other church. It, it just identifies its, uh, its purpose and, and its function. It identifies who it is. And, and we have our own DNA. We, it doesn't make us any better than any other church. But we have four steps that we focus on here at Transformation Church. And if you've been here over 30 days, you ought to know them by now. But what are they? Number one is we want you to know God. And that we want to know that you have a personal relationship with God, not just a church attendance, not just coming and join worship and, and coffee and those things that we love here, but we want to know that you know God personally. And then number two is we want to know that you're finding freedom, that, that God's brought you out of the world when you find Christ, but we want to help you as a body and as a church through our small groups of helping you get that stuff out of you, overcoming habits and hangups and addictions and whatever that's controlled you. And then number three is we want to help you discover purpose. And we do that through our grow track each Sunday night where we help you find the spiritual and the natural gifts and passions that God has placed within you because that's why he put them there. So that number four, you can join us as a family in a church and start making a difference in the lives of others. Very simple, right? But that's the DNA of Transformation Church, and that identifies us and our purpose. We want Transformation Church to be an empowering church. That's our goal, that that we have an environment here that enables you to remove all the hurdles that you've had to jump through in other places, maybe whether secular or spiritual, that we're not a church that you've got to come here for five years and get sanctified enough for God to use you. I mean, how many's glad that God chose some unfit, unqualified, raw, hadn't got it all together guys called 12 disciples that still cut off people's ears and wanted to burn cities to ground, and he took the risk to say, follow me, and he used them while they were still working out their stuff. Come on, how many's glad that? And that's the kind of church, we're not saying overlook habitual lifestyles of sin, 
We're saying we want to be a safe place that you don't have to jump through every hurdle and everything to be good enough. We're, we're saying we're all going to take the risk with each other that God's still working his work out in every one of us, and we're going to help each other do it. Come on, is that right? That, that's who we are. We're a grace church, but we're also a truth church. And so God calls every one of us to use the gifts and passions that we have. What I want to talk about today is many aren't answering the phone. God calls every person he created with gifts and passions within us, and he calls us, every one of us, he calls us, but many aren't answering the phone. I want to talk about that today, all right? Because the one thing I want, and the number one thing as your pastor, is I desire Transformation Church to be a church that encounters God. The why. The why of Transformation Church, that we are a church that encounters God. We desire to be a church that goes beyond great music. And how many appreciates this team every Sunday, man? I mean, with excellence, with excellence. They, they work hard. And, and, and so we, we're going to give God excellence, but I, there's an encounter that goes beyond great music or worship or lights or videos or even preaching that I can't do what one second in the presence of God can do. That, that we want to be a church where you encounter God. We want to be a church that when we show up, God shows up, and lives are eternally changed every time. Come on, can I get a good amen on that one? Amen? And that, that today, I'm supposed to be preaching in New Jersey right now. We had plane tickets and everything, but I felt I had to be here today. We, we were working at the building, and that had a lot to do with it, but I just felt like I, I just didn't have that release to go. I felt I needed to be preaching this message here today to this church, not knowing that we were going to get a phone call and Kathy and I have to leave immediately after the third service that my mother's having emergency open heart surgery tomorrow in Central Florida and we're heading down there. But we didn't cancel for that. We canceled because we're supposed to be here today and God's got a word for you. And so I really want to pour this out my heart today. You see, God doesn't want you living off of other people's story. He wants an encounter with you that's going to bring your own story. And, and, and I want to talk to you about this thing called encounters because, you see, God never intended just to be studied. He intended to be encountered. If you don't get anything else out of this message today, get that one sentence, that God never intended just to be studied. It's more than just a sermon, folks. It's more than just a message that we can bring three points and you go home with your notes and go, that was good. I hope you can do that. But it's way deeper than that. God wants an encounter with you. God wants to have a personal encounter with you that'll change your life. And if you're here brand new today, never been to church, and we have people that come like that every Sunday, and we're here for you, man. We're a safe place for you to come. But my utmost desire is not for you to leave here and go, man, that, that preacher, he did, he got me, or that worship was like, oh, them lights, I didn't expect that in church. I don't want you talking about that. I want you to leave here and go, man, I felt the presence of God, and I can't even explain it, but there's something real in that house. That's what I want. I know that we're having encounters with God when we pay as much for tissues as we do for notes. And it's not all tears of sorrow, man. It's tears of joy. I've been set free by the power of God. And, and we buy a lot of tissue around here, all right? But God wants to have a personal encounter. What, what is that like? You see, I've put my faith in God, and I've put my faith in his word as, since a young boy. I, I gave my heart to Christ when I was seven and I, and, I, and I got into the Word as a young boy the best I could. But I, I've, all these years of 58 now, I put my faith in God's Word, but it's these power encounters. It's these personal encounters that you have with God that, 
that can, they, they really solidate, they really bring to reality the power and the truth of God's word in our life. They confirm it. My, my first encounter with God was at age 15. That was a true encounter with God that I'm talking about today. And, and, and I was just a regular 15-year-old boy that loved baseball, and I played baseball. My dream was to play pro ball. And, and at 15, I can take you to the place in Auburndale, Florida, at Auburndale First Assembly of God. The church is still there. I could take you to the old wooden altar if they still have it, but they had a little wooden altar up at the front, and right on this very end on a Sunday night, I was there in just a regular Sunday night service, no big move of God, no revival going on, but something happened. I had an encounter with God that night at that altar kneeling there, and all of a sudden, a Holy Spirit, a presence of God just came over me that I'd never experienced before. And I mean, I began to weep and I began to cry as a 15-year-old boy as an encounter with God began to take over my life. And God spoke to me that night, as clear as I'm talking to you, a way that I'd never felt or heard God before. And he said, you're going to preach the gospel. I'm calling you tonight to preach the gospel, to declare my word. You're going to preach around the nations. You're going to preach to the world. And I sat there and cried and bawled. Everybody else is just having regular church, man. I'm having an encounter. And the pastor, Pastor Garland Owens, came over to me afterwards, and he said, I want to know what God just said to you. What happened? I go, I can't explain it. I don't know. And he said, I do, but I want to hear from you. What did he say? And I said, he told me I'm going to preach. He said, he just told me too. And he spent three months training me how to preach and then started putting me up on Wednesday night. It was an encounter that I can't explain to you, but it confirmed everything else that I'm teaching you. My second one was at age 22 in the South Bronx, New York. Kathy and I are there ministering. And, and, and we, we had all kind of ministry. We're on the Grand Concourse, our church, which is eight lanes going right through the South Bronx, very busy. And this one guy is a homeless derelict named Max. And Max was so messed up mentally and mostly from living on the streets. I mean, he had, we caught him with maggots crawling in his hair as we would go in alleys and pull people out of these alleys and, and get them cleaned up. And Max refused to shower. He wouldn't let us get him into a shower there to bathe. He stunk so bad. And he was so messed up mentally, he would go down the street acting like he knew karate to make people afraid of him, to leave him alone, you know. And, and one day he's sitting in front of our building, and, and I walk out, and there's Max. And I, I said, hey, Max, we got some food, man. Let's get you a shower. I ain't showering. I ain't showering, you know. And I said, okay. And then I realized he didn't have his shoes. Somebody had stole his shoes. And Max's feet were so filthy with grime, and you name it, they're on his feet. He stunk so bad. And, and, and I said, hey, Max, and we just had a, a company give us a truckload of shoes. So I said, Max, we got some shoes inside, man. Let me go get you some. And I went in and got some shoes to fit him, and I walked out, and I handed them to Max. And as soon as I handed them to him, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, no, you put them on him. Oh, I knelt down. That smells so bad. Them feet were so grimy. I ain't lying, man. It was nasty. And I knelt down and I began to slide that shoe on Max's foot. And I promise you to God today, it's why I can see it just like it was in. It was an encounter. When I looked up, I no longer saw Max. It was like a glow. It was like a light bulb of heaven that was on his shoulders. And I couldn't see a man. I just saw a light. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, as you've done it to the least, you've done it to me. And I'm going to tell you, for two, three hours, I walked around that church in the South Bronx crying and just overwhelmed that I just had an encounter with God that would change my life forever. And that's why I'm till, still telling the story today. And I took that time to tell you that God wants you to experience more than church. 
God wants you. I want Transformation Church to be a place that you can come in totally unchurched, don't know a thing about it, or you can come in like me. You grew up in church, and you can say, I have a safe place to get to know who God is, find freedom in my life, begin to discover my purpose in him, and go make a difference with everybody else while God's still fixing and changing me. But I want to have an encounter with God that lets me know that he's real when everything else around me says he might not be. A true encounter with him. And one thing that I found out, that God hardly ever does the same thing twice. Because I believe that God wants us to have those type of encounters, but they don't come all the time. And they're not always the same. He only gave us one burning bush. But we get one burning bush and we want to go make a doctrine on it. And God's like, no, that was just something I wanted to do to show you that what my word says is really real. And so I want to talk to you today about these encounters. Go to the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians. Y'all with me? We're going to go fast now. He says, whenever, though they, they being the people of God, you and I, turn to face God as Moses did, God removes the veil. When they turn to face God like Moses did, he said, God now removes the veil and that veil from the Old Testament to the New Testament represents any barrier that's between me and God. Anything that's between me and God, he says, when I get face-to-face with God, those barriers are removed and the heavens now become open heavens. And there they are, face-to-face. They suddenly recognize that God is a living, personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. That, that many of you walked in this building just like that. You were so unchurched, man. I mean, you, you're like, I don't even know if this is real. Some of you said it wasn't real. Some of you claim to be atheists. But all of a sudden, you had a face-to-face with God. All of a sudden, he wasn't a statue that you were praying to. He wasn't a religious thing you were going after. You had a face-to-face, one-on-one encounter with God, and you found out God's very real. Come on, can I get a better amen than that? He said, and when God is personally present, when God is personally present, a living spirit, that old constricting legislation, that same way that you've been doing it over and over again, even church, he said, it becomes obsolete. We're free of it. Now I get to enjoy God for who he is and who I am. God wants to have a personal encounter with you. So three reasons why to seek a God encounter. Number one is that an encounter is power, not just words. How many's tired of words? How many's found out just because someone says it doesn't mean it's happening? And how many's found out just because you say it doesn't mean it's going to happen? Now, there's power in our words, but we've got to understand that we need a supernatural power, not just our words. Why? Because some of us are facing some things today that words can't fix. There has to be a power encounter with God that is representing power, not just words. You need power, something bigger than what you're facing. I said, I need power today that's bigger than what I'm facing. And we've got to understand that God wants to bring an encounter in mind in your life that is powerful, not just words. Jesus put it like this. He said, I will confirm my words with signs and wonders to follow. That I've got the words, Jesus said, but there's some power that's going to follow my words. That whatever my word says, I'm going to demonstrate with power through signs 
and wonders. He then goes on to the Apostle Paul and he says, I came to you in weakness and fear with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise persuasive words, but they were with a demonstration of the Spirit's what? Power. Why? Why the power? So that your faith may not rest in man's wisdom, but on God's power. Why? Why power and words? Because God wants you and I as believers to know that he is the power behind every word and promise that he's given us in Scripture. And he wants you to have an encounter with that power. Number two is experience, not just an explanation. An encounter with God brings an experience, not just an explanation. Why is a personal experience so important? God wants you God wants you, if you're here today and you're brand new in this, you don't know anything, you don't know John 3, 16, or maybe you're here like me and you grew up in church, God wants you to have your own personal experience with him. He wants you to understand his grace and love for you. He wants to have an encounter with you that'll change your life forever. Why is this experience so important? Every time in and outside of scripture that someone had a true encounter and experience with God, they never questioned him or his word again. Never, not one time. Every time they had their own experience, it validified everything they had heard or read about this Jesus. And once you have a personal experience with God, your faith is now no longer built on intellect or knowledge. It is built on relationship and trust. Amen. That once I have my own experience, I, this isn't just what pastor said happened to him. Let me tell you what happened to me. And once you have your own personal experience, I don't have to have the intellect and I don't have to have the knowledge. I've got trust through relationship because I've got my own story to tell now about Jesus. It's an experience that God wants to bring into your life. Because you see, if you can only serve God by your, your intellect and your knowledge, then the God you serve can never be larger than your brain. And I don't know about you, but I want the God of this church to be a whole lot bigger than what you can fit in this guy's brain. You, you hear what I'm saying? I, I want the power. I want the power. I want the anointing. I want the, the realness of God to be so much bigger than you can stick in this intellect or knowledge. And it's got to be to do what Jesus wants to do. You see, one day Jesus healed a blind man. He, he was blind from birth, the Bible tells us. Everybody knew him in town. He was blind. He wasn't even a believer as we understand in Scripture. And one day Jesus is coming by, and Jesus heals him. And immediately the religious guys show up, and they go, no, we're not sure if it's a real miracle or not. And they begin to interrogate this blind guy going, well, is he a believer? Is the guy that touched you, is he claimed to be Lord? Is he even a believer? Is he a sinner? And they, did you really get healed? And immediately, how many found out those religious folks will always show up and try to kill your experience? Come on, you ever found that out? Well, I don't know if it was that real. You know, I, you just get a little overboard on that church stuff and, and, and try to just come and take you right back into that world of sorrow and sadness and bondage. And, and these guys were doing that. And, and then all of a sudden, they come back to him. You see it in John. They, they've already interrogated him. And then finally, they turned again to the blind man and said, what have you to say about him, Jesus? And the blind man replied, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But what I do know is I was blind, and now I can see. 
He, he said, I, I don't have any explanation. I don't know anything about the dude. But all I know is when he showed up, I couldn't see. But when he touched me, I can see. I have no knowledge of him. I have no intellect of his word. I don't know anything I can tell you. I have no explanation. All I know is I just experienced something that happened through him. And I was blind, but now I can see. Will God in heaven, oh, I'm starting to preach. Will God in heaven... Please come down and give every person that calls Transformation Church their church an experience with heaven that will let you know that you don't need to explain it. You don't have to understand it. All I know, I was hurting, but I'm healed. All I know is I was confused, but now I'm at peace. All I know is I was given up, but now I'm taken off. All I know is that my life was over, but now it's just begun. Why? I've had an experience with an encounter with a God who's very powerful and real. Number three is an encounter brings presence, not just practice. An encounter will bring God's presence, not just a religious practice. You see, and I'm going to be very transparent with you here, and I'm going to take a chance, but we work hard to bring excellence every Sunday. Hours and hours and hours of preparation, planning. All this team, everybody from the parking lot to the altar call. It's work, hard work to bring excellence to you every Sunday. But you know the danger of that is we can get good enough, and I'm going to tell you right now as the pastor of this church, we've gotten the system down good enough that we can have church good enough that we can have you leave here happy and encouraged every Sunday morning and God never show up. That's the danger. But I'm not happy with that. And as your pastor, we will never go there. Because I need his presence. Because you can't get good enough to save somebody who's lost. You can't get good enough to heal somebody who's broken. You, you can get people happy and you can get people excited, but you can't change people's lives. Only the presence of God can do that. And I won't thank God for Transformation Church that our ultimate desire here is not that we practice church, but that we enter his presence. That we see and feel his presence here in a very powerful, powerful way. I want to be a part of something that is far greater than coffee and handouts and videos and worship and even preaching. That's not enough. TC can become just like any other place where you know the flow. We know the system. Well, we already know they're going to do four songs. But today we did three because we're breaking it up. And, and then pastor's going to come up and welcome the guests, and he's going to welcome the live stream family, and then he's going to go in, and he's going to do the sermon for 35, 40 minutes, and, and then we're going to break again, another service going to start. We're going to do that again next Sunday, and you can get so locked into the practice that you miss the presence. And I'm going to tell you something. Never get so locked into the system and the practice that you don't take the moment to push yourself into the presence. Have an encounter with God. Who besides me wants more? Anybody here want more? You see, the greatest proof that God is showing up in our services is when we're seeing lives change. Anybody here had a life change experience with God? Amen. Amen. And so, do you have a part? Do you, do you have a part in the role of having a true encounter with God? Yes, you do. I, I hear people say this so often Pastor, I, I'm just waiting on God. I'm waiting on God. No, you're not. You're not waiting on God. He's been waiting on you for the whole time. Come on, I'm just talking to you as pastor right now. I hear people, I'm just waiting for God, waiting for God, pastor. No, as long as there's a heaven and a hell, 
and people are going to both, you're never waiting on God. God's got gifts and passions that he put inside of you when you were born, and he's in heaven waiting on you to say yes. Yes, God, use me to impact somebody else. Are you hearing me today? You with me today? Still love you, Pastor? All right? So preparing. I want to talk to you now. I want to just help you preparing for this encounter. So how many understands the need of the encounter? All right? We've got to have that, that, that power, that, that experience. We've got to come and, and watch God do this amazing thing. So let's look at how do we prepare for that encounter? How many wants one of those encounters, man? How many wants a, something that's out of the norm encounter with God? I don't mean spooky. I don't mean God's going to turn you around and make you spin on your head. And, you know, we're not, if you're a guest here, he didn't ask you to do that, so don't, okay? All right? But I, I want to talk to you about preparing for this encounter. Go to Matthew real quick. It says, in them, you, them again, referring to us, the body, is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but not understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I will heal them. Do we have a role in preparing for a supernatural, life-changing encounter? Yes, we do. And, and part of our role as your pastor is to help provide these atmospheres for these opportunities to happen. That's why this coming Wednesday night, the first Wednesday night of every month, we have our, our worship service where it's totally different than Sunday. And I'm challenging every person in this church that can do whatever you've got to do. Be here. We've got children's ministry. We've got everything taken care of. But on this first Wednesday night, it's the night we're going to come this Wednesday and just worship God and enter into his presence as a body. And the team's going to lead it as we're down with my mom. But there's going to be a move of God in this sanctuary Wednesday night. And I don't want to see 100 people. I want to see 200 people here Wednesday night with us going after God and letting him know we're after an encounter with you. Yes. Come on, are you with me? And so there's an opportunity. We have our small groups that you can join and, and become a part of a small group that helps you have an encounter with God. We have prayer here every Saturday morning from 9 to 10. And I'm challenging every person in this church not to come every Saturday. I know that's hard, but once a month. Once a month, come and give God an hour. Isn't that what God asked of his disciples? Can you just give me one hour to pray? And, and I'm challenging you to join me here. I want to see 40 and 50 and 60 people, not 10 to 20, in here as we pray, asking God to bless this service the day before and to bless our city and to save your lost loved ones and have an encounter with God. There's an opportunity to do that every Saturday morning here from 9 to 10. Here's what Isaiah or Hosea said. I've got to hurry here. He said, sow for yourself righteousness, reap the full of unfailing love. And then he said, Break up your unplowed ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers righteousness upon you. Three words I want to give you that deals with breaking up your hard ground. How many wants that encounter with God? How many wants your heart to be broken up and let God do what he wants to do in your life? Amen? Number one is desperation. See, some of us aren't desperate enough. We, 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 we haven't gotten knocked down far enough yet. We haven't got empty enough. We, we've, things too good. You see, God is looking for some people who are not content having what just they have. He's looking for some people that's hungry for more, desperate for more. You see, if you're happy and satisfied with what you've got spiritually, I'm happy for you. I'm just not. I want more. 
My grandson is dying medically. He's dying outside of a divine miracle from God. I've got to have more. I can't come and just have good church and watch my grandson die. I've got to have some more of God. I'm going down to a mother that could be dying, major heart surgery. I want want this church to be silver and gold, have I none. But such as I have, I want enough that I can give some away. And watch God bring miracles into other people's lives. Come on, am I preaching to you? Right? I, I, I've got to get desperate enough that there's something more important than my fun or my pleasure or, or my entertainment or my own goals in life. I want more of Jesus so that my shadow can touch people's lives, that my words can bring hope and healing into people that are broken and ruined. We've got to come and realize today that we've got to become desperate again. You see, we can come and have a good oiled, well done service here, and that's great and wonderful, and we're going to keep trying to do that. But I I'm desperate for more of God than just a good service. I want to see an encounter with God. I want everyone in this church to have your own encounter with God and that we get desperate enough that we're going to come and pray. We get desperate enough that we're going to come and worship together on other night. We get desperate enough that you're going to take time in your day every day to read some word and spend some time with God and let God do a transformation in your life and let God bring life change to you through an encounter that now you can go out and change somebody else's life through that encounter. Come on, are you with me today? Number two is humility. Humility. Waiting on God's will. Waiting on God's will. Desperation is wanting it God's way. Humility is waiting on God's will. If you want the things of God, you will never find them with pride in your heart. You see, I've watched it happen before, we, and I've done it, so I'm, I'm guilty where you come to God and you go, I want you to use me, God, here I am. I give you my life, God. And then we draw a line in the sand and you go up to there. I'm good, God, I'm good. But you know, pastor's asking me to sit one, serve one every Sunday when we get in that new building. That means another 90 minutes of my week. I don't know if I'm ready for that, God. Not sure if I'm ready to make a commitment like that. Not, not sure, Father, if I, you know, I got that line. You, you can use me, God, but here's within these parameters. You know, we're not the first to do that. Jesus did it. Jesus did it when the Father called him out and said, you're going to go, you're going to die, and you're going to bear the sins of mankind. And Jesus said, okay, I'm okay with that. And then he saw the cross, and he went out. It's not what I had in mind. Not serious. It's in the Bible. Read I'm just translating in Brad's language, okay? That, that, uh, that's how Brad does the Bible, all right? And, and so Jesus goes back to the Father, and he goes, I got the dying thing, but the cross, I'm not into crosses, man. I don't do crosses well. Drew a line in the sand because he said, if possible, take this cup from me. I, I, there's got to be a different way than this. This isn't what, if possible, we didn't talk about it this far. Possible, take this cup from me. And then finally, Jesus prayed the prayer that every one of us need to pray today. Not my will. Okay, Father, I, I got it. I got it. There's, there's a whole world out there that's got to be saved. There's a whole group of people out there that's hurting and lost. And whatever you want from me, I got it, Jesus. Not my will. Not my will, Father. But let your will be done. Yes. I pray that God bring that humility that you don't see an extra 90 minutes on a Sunday morning as a sacrifice. You see it as an honor. Yes. That I'm going to sit in one service and just get. Just let God just fill me up. Yes. But man, I'm going to give a service that I'm going to change somebody's life with the hope of Jesus. 
I'm going to touch a kid. I'm going to work in a parking lot. I'm going to smile. I'm going to do this. I'm going I'm to be over here. I just want God to use me to change somebody's life. That we come back into a place of humility, humility. Then I want us to look at, see, I, 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 man, my time is gone. I can't. He said, take your time. But I, I, I took, when we had our party over there the other day, I took a guy. He said, can I see your new building, man? He was in a biker, big old guy. He's, a, he's the head of a whole biker, Christian biker group that came out and helped us. And he said, man, I've heard about the ministry here. Can you take me through a little trip? And I said, well, they're doing flooring in there, but I will squeeze through. And we show him the church, and he's like just blown away, you know. And, and we get to the T.C. Haven. And I start explaining to him, these six rooms are for special needs kids, and, and we're just going to love them. And we got about 30, 40 kids already, and our goal is to have 100 special needs kids in here, just their family being able to go after Jesus. And I said, when we get to 100, we're going to open up a special needs campus, a total church campus just for special needs families. And he starts just getting all emotionally shook up. I didn't know it. He has a special needs daughter. And he's blown away, and he's like, man, I have never seen. Are you, are you kidding me? He said, my daughter can come in here and be loved and taken care of my family. He said, we're coming to your church, my friend. We're, we're coming to your church. And then yesterday, I go back to finish some carpet because I'm leaving tomorrow, and I'm in the main room of the special needs, and I, I, keep, I keep trying not to do this. I really am. But I, I just begin to weep, and I sat against the wall, and I cried because the night before, I had Jabin. And he spent the night with me and slept in the bed with me and Jabin's aspirating and they told us medically that's what would take him. And he's starting to aspirate now and he was breathing hard. And so I just picked Jabin up and held him in my lap and sit up against the headboard and, and I let him try to sleep all night as he was struggling to breathe because I was afraid to go to sleep because I didn't want to lose him. And I thought as I sat there yesterday, how many hundreds and hundreds of families in this city are going through the same thing, but they don't have a God to call out to. They don't have a church family to walk them through that journey like you have us. What, what do they do? And I said, God, raise up Transformation Church to feel because I've got six rooms, but I only have workers to take care of three of them, which means three have to stay empty when there's hundreds of kids out here that need to be in that room. And I said, God, raise up Transformation Church that we will humble ourselves and be a people of humility that more than me getting fit, more than me playing ball, more than me doing my thing, and those things are good, keep doing them. But I'm gonna commit some of my life that it's not just about me. I wanna change somebody else's life and let them have their own encounter. Are you with me today? God, help us come to that place of humility that God can do that. And last of all, is repentance. Repentance. There has to be a desperation. There has to be humility, but then there must be repentance. That's wanting God's work. The psalmist that created me a pure heart, as the team will go ahead and come up on the stage, pure, created me a pure heart, oh God. You see, we must desire the cleansing work of God. And just stay with me because we've got a lot more movement than normally because I've asked the team to come back up for our last worship song. Don't, don't get in a hurry to leave today. We're not going to keep you any longer than we normally do. It's just a little bit different, all right? But you see, all you and I have to do is want it. That's all. But I'm convinced that God is not moving us to a bigger building so that we can just have more room. 
I'm convinced that God is moving us into a brand new season of ministry. That we're going to see the outpouring of the supernatural presence of God that's going to do more in five seconds than we can do in five years in people's lives. That he's going to bring people in that building like he did animals in an ark. You, whatever you, however you want to believe it. I, I, believe we're going, I believe we're going to have three services over there before long because I believe there's that many hurting and hungry people in this city that are looking for a real place where there's a real encounter with God available and they're not going to be judged when they walk through the door. They're going to be welcomed and God's going to bring healing in their life because we're not people of judgment. We're people of humility that are desperate for a move of God and we're willing to repent where we failed. You see, I want us to breathe that people today. Are you at a point in life that you're spiritually empty and numb? Are you at a point right now that, I just want to talk to you for a moment as we close, are, are you at a point in your life right now that you say, Pastor Dan, I'm here today and I'm listening to you and my heart's moved through worship and I'm listening to your message. Now, I want to be a part of something that's real, but be honest with you right now, Pastor, I'm, I'm in that place right now that I'm like that blind man, man. I need my own encounter with God. I, I just need to know that God's real and He loves me. He wants to make a difference in my life, and I just want to tell you, He's real and He does. And I just want to ask you in this building, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in this room right now and you say, Pastor Dan, I, I don't know Jesus right now. I'm not where I need to be with Him. Things have happened, and I find myself away from him. Right now, I'm spiritually on E. I'm on empty. But today, I realize I need Jesus in my life. I need him more than anything. And today, I sense his love and grace here, and I just want to have him come into my heart and my life today. I want a brand new start. If that's you, would you lift a hand right where you sit? I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to you. God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hand down. God bless you. I'm ready for a brand new beginning, Pastor. Ready for a brand new beginning. Brand new start. Anyone else, very quickly, you say, that's me, God bless you. I'm ready, I'm ready. Maybe online, you, you need to pray today, you need Jesus, you're ready to surrender it all to him. If you raise your hand or you did not, you really need Jesus in your life, you want that brand new beginning today, will you pray this prayer with me? Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. Father, I'm desperate, I'm desperate for you. I humble myself. And right now, I repent. I give my life to you in Jesus' name. According to your word, I'm saved. I'm a brand new person in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, will you do me a favor on that Connect card inside your worship guide? Would you fill that out before you leave today? And there's a box that says you committed your life to Christ today. Please do that because it lets us know that you made that commitment. And we want to help you in your journey with God. We want to be praying for you every week in Jesus' name. And then the second thing I felt to do today, and this, we're going to still end right around time, but I, they're going to take us into our last worship song. We moved it to the end on purpose. So I want you to stand with me. And I want you, if you'll join me, and if you say, Pastor, I'm ready, I'm hungry. Go ahead, team. I'm hungry, I'm hungry. I'm hungry for an encounter. I'm hungry for my own experience. I'm hungry, I desire that today. Will you just lift your hands to him and come on, just let your worship, just let your worship. You feel, however you feel comfortable, just let your worship. We bless you, Father. 
We honor you, Jesus. We honor you, Lord.
both hands. Will you just lift your voice right now? Will you just let a praise come out of your mouth without the help? Will you just let God know you love Him today and that you desire Him more than anything in this world? I want to have an encounter with you, God. I want to know you. I want to know you, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray over this congregation today as pastor. God, you know what's awaiting us individually and corporately. You said, I have great plans for you, plans to bless you, to favor you, not to harm you, not to do you wrong or evil. You've got great plans for us. And God, I pray over every person in this room today that God, there will be an experience, there will be an encounter that God, you will visit with them. You will meet with them, Father, through a song, through a message, through something. That God, you're gonna have a visitation with them, Father. God, they're gonna have their own experience, their own story. God, I declare that today. We declare miracles, we declare breakthroughs. We declare your favor upon your people today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And the body said together.